Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today I'm hanging out with Allison Caffrey. Allison is a Jersey girl turned Tennessee resident, and she loves being at home with her husband, Steve, and her dog, Lucy. Allison founded Operations Agency, that's her digital agency, to serve entrepreneurs in the digital marketing space when they hit multiple six figures and want to get to seven figures without a headache. She's responsible for streamlining back-end operations for a multitude of brands, launching digital and in-person products, and managing growing teams. Allison, welcome to the program. Hey, Brent. Thanks so much for having me. So, Allison, tell us a little bit about your agency today. So, you're kind of an agency that serves agency owners, and you help them to uh, streamline and create their operational procedures. So, before we get into that stuff, which we're going to talk a lot about that today, we're going to get into the uh, into the details and dirt of uh, streamlining operational processes. But what does your business look like today? Yeah, sure. So I started an agency because I knew that agency owners didn't have time, frankly, to start writing policies and procedures. And not only that, but they're not um, great at it, right? They're the visionaries, the ones kind of back in the uh, you know, behind the scenes doing a lot of the fulfillment. And so the reason why I founded my agency was frankly out of need. I was being approached by agency owners and they were like, Hey, look, we really just want teams that know what to do and to be able to kind of get some stuff off of our plate. So I thought, Hey, I'm great at that. Why can't I just help some people? people one-on-one. Um, -on -one. So that's kind of how the agency was born and it still exists that way today, except uh, I have a bigger team kind of helping me out um, so that we can serve more people, which is awesome. And uh, mostly, yeah, we, we streamlined SOPs and uh, make sure that the workflow is really documented um, so that every part of the project in any digital agency is completely accounted for and teams know how to kind of uh, divide and conquer. 
Curious, Allison, this is uh, an area of business that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, as you probably very well know. Uh, how, what's your background? How did you get into uh, streamlining SOPs? Uh, also out of need, I'll be super honest. Um, I got hired into a company straight out of uh, college that I didn't realize was uh, an entrepreneurial kind of venture. And I don't think that very many uh, folks kind of entering the work world have that experience that early on, but we kind of had to make everything from scratch. We were making coaching programs and done for you services and uh, a bunch of other things. And I thought to myself, well, how can this be easier? <laughs> how can we um, kind of make sure that you know, when we grow the team, when we grow our client list, that people aren't just like running around um, like chickens with their head cut off, right? So um, out of necessity, I, I started to write everything down. I started saying, okay, when we have partners, we need to get agreements in place. And here's how that looks. And when we hire a new team member, they need this training. And here's how that looks. And so really, I just kind of uh, started running in that direction and quite frankly, just never stopped. <laughs> So, um, so, you, so you got a job with, with another team and mm -hmm. started working through that kind of stuff. And then mm -hmm. at some point you transitioned from that job into your own thing. Correct. Um, so how did, how did that transition work for you? Yeah. So, uh, my husband's actually in the military, a uh, fun fact about me. And, uh, we actually lived in Colorado Springs at the time and we got a, uh, just the, a nice ping from the military saying, Hey guys, you're moving. So we said, okay, great. And that was an interesting transition point for me because I was like, well, how can I make my skill sets um, military proof is how I kind of always put it to my husband. And um, so I decided that I would kind of start to do some uh, freelance stuff, right? Which is, I feel like kind of how most agencies start, right? They have a skill set and they're like, sure, yeah, I'll trade time for money, you know? And so that's kind of how I started to kind of... Um, ease that transition of our personal move so that, you know, I didn't have a lapse in income and that sort of stuff. And after I had such an overwhelmingly positive experience with the couple of clients that I did serve and I had more people coming and asking me, I was like, wow, I might as well just make this official, right? Like, <laughs> so I always say I kind of stumbled into my agency because uh, A, I really enjoyed doing it and B, I found that there was a need um, that, you know, that most people, I guess, uh, didn't quite satisfy. So I figured I would. <laughs> So let's, let's talk a little bit about what it means to create, like, well, I guess let's, let's first start with a, a primer. SOPs is a term I threw around a little bit. You've kind of talked about it. Obviously, we're talking about documenting operating procedures here. Can you give us just some baseline primer on really what an SOP is and how it might be used in an agency business? Yeah, sure. So I think SOP is, uh, is thrown around a lot, but an SOP is kind of a way of doing something. So an SOP, let's just say, for example, it's the, it's the house that holds all the different rooms, which are the processes, right? So, um, you know, a standard operating procedure, um, might look like hiring, right. A person right into our, into our business. And the processes are broken out into uh, first and foremost, figuring out what type of person we need. Um, second is maybe posting the job. Um, third would be vetting um, those people. Fourth would be interviewing. And then five would be actually hiring them, right? So there'd be five processes kind of under that procedure. And so that's how I encourage my clients and I encourage businesses that we work with um, to really view, um, you know, standard operating procedures versus processes and uh, standard operating operating procedures, right? Probably shouldn't be formed unless you're going to do them over and over and over again, right? Something like hiring, something like a core product offering that, you know, that you work with, or if you do a lot of speaking or you do a lot of events, like those types of things. 
You mentioned, uh, you know, don't create a process or you didn't say don't, you said, you know, we probably shouldn't create them unless we're creating, you know, doing something kind of over and over again. Mm -hmm. So how as a business do we identify what we should have SOPs for or processes for uh, and what we shouldn't? Is there any way, you know, is it just that I'm going to do this over and over? Is it that I'm going to have somebody else do this? Yeah, totally great questions. And I think you hit the nail on the head both uh, with both of those, uh, you know, suggestions is first, yeah, if we're going to do it again, definitely document it. Um, if we're going to delegate it to someone, absolutely document it. Um, and the third thing that I always really encourage people with is, um, you know, you're, you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, if you did a project, and then you finish that project, and you're like, wow, I really like this, let's document it, because that means that it brings you joy, that you're happy, to do it and that you want to kind of like keep in that thread. So if you're enjoying doing what you're doing, especially if you're getting great results with it, document it because that's uh, what we like to call intellectual process, right? So it's something that's kind of a difference maker for, for folks' businesses. Can you give us a little bit more on that third one? You mentioned an intellectual process, like a kind of almost like your your core intellectual property as a as a as a business, like becoming, you know, creating that over time of like what makes your business unique or what makes you unique within your business. Yeah. And that's probably one of the things that um, probably fires me up the most to work with, with agencies and just with different service providers is that a lot of folks do, uh, you know, achieve similar results, right? They take a client from a sad before state to a happy after state to use digital marketing terms. But for the most part, the way that they get there is different. And to document that is one of the most valuable things that I believe you can do for your business. Because again, that intellectual property that you have is exactly the way that you've decided to get really amazing results for people. And it's going to be A, what keeps your customers and B, what keeps your team really aligned behind you. So that proprietary process mostly kind of fits in, you know, when you're fulfilling on your core product or service, right? That's where we see it kind of come to light. And I love to document that because really you, you should be telling or you, you might be telling your you know, customers about that process. And it really says, okay, this makes them different. You know, they're aligned with me. They're, they're aligned with my belief system. You know, I feel like I can stay with them for the long haul. So not only does it help the productivity of your actual team to understand how you get results, but it also helps you retain your customers as well. And really, you know, just to create a really unique positioning in the marketplace too. As, as an agency, is there a certain size of business that, SOPs become more important. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, if you're doing things repetitively or you're delegating it, but if I'm a freelancer or it's me and a business partner and we kind of communicate a lot and we're doing most of the work ourselves, is it necessary for me to kind of hit pause and start to go and, you know, document stuff and create a whole lot of almost, I don't want to say bureaucracy because I don't think processes are bureaucracy, but in a way it's like you're having to create this other stuff to kind of keep you on track. Would it just be faster to do this myself? That's a great point and a great question. Um, you know, and I've actually spoken with some folks who are like, look, I have an agency that's just my workload and I'm happy to make this amount of money and stay at this point. And I always tell them, congratulations, you've made it like that. That's amazing. Right. But I think where processes come in is for the business owner who does work either alone or just with one other person who wants to grow, right. Who wants to get to that next step. And it's my 
like my, my actual opinion, um, my, like my flag in the ground is that, um, you know, you become, uh, you turn from an entrepreneur into a business owner when you implement operations, right? When you have a structure for your business that can rely, you know, not on you to, you know, be, you know, kind of the, the forefront and be the actual fire that keeps things going. And so that's where I would encourage, um, you know, an entrepreneur to begin to document as if they want to grow, you know, a multi six, you know, seven figure business. Yeah, I love that when it's, it's, um, you know, if you want to make the transition from entrepreneur or, you know, maybe even freelancer, like you have a job with yourself mm. to, to business owner. I love that, 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 that clarification there. Right. Cause I think if you are looking for that, if you're wanting to probably walk away from your business for like a week without it completely shutting down, um, you know, this is the type of stuff that you should be thinking about. Yeah. Where should people start if we're thinking about, okay, I don't really have many processes documented in my business. You know, is there a, an easy place, a quick win to start thinking about in, in terms of uh, where I might get the most bang for my buck or where it might be, you know, the most, uh, the easiest, if you will? Yeah, totally. Um, our first line of attack, uh, whenever we look at a new agency is we, we first check to see if they have a really clear onboarding process. Um, so that's our absolute first um, kind of uh, indicator of whether or not, you know, things need to you know, shift into a higher operational gear or can kind of stay the same. And so really what we do is, is we want to see that, you know, kind of after a proposal is agreed to, or after a sale is made, right. That kind of those first couple of days when a client first interacts with our business are really streamlined and, and for the most part, hopefully automated so that we can get them started, make sure that they know like, Hey, I haven't made a mistake <laughs> working with this person. Right. Um, and that our team also knows, um, you know, or anyone that's working with us, you know, how to, you know, get that person teed up to start the fulfillment phase. Um, so often I've seen so many people be like, you know, Oh, I made a sale. And then they run around like crazy on the back end to like, you know, basically just like duct tape this thing together to give to their client. And it doesn't feel good. It's kind of, uh, it's almost embarrassing, right? Like you don't want to show them your cards. And so that's, um, you know, emotionally, you know, for your peace of mind and for your team's productivity, where we like to start is with onboarding. So onboarding for a typical agency, are we talking about just like an onboarding, like a welcome email or how does, you know, broad strokes, what is an onboarding process or SOP, uh, SOP full of processes usually look like. You kind of mentioned one earlier about <laughs> yeah. hiring. You know, what are those key components if we just look at onboarding and kind of unpack that a little bit? Yeah, totally. So I usually um, break it out into four phases. Um, so the first is acceptance. Um, the second is data gathering. The third is usually a lifeline where we're doing like an onboarding call or, or something personal. Maybe it's an in-person um, session. And then um, the fourth is just kind of piecing everything together from um, an overview perspective so that we can give it to our team, right? So especially for the those agencies who have multiple hands involved, right? The copywriters, the graphic designers, the funnel builders, the integrators, you know, we want to make sure that our entire team knows which elements that they're directly responsible for and that um, the intake process is just completely clear and, you know, finished so that we can eliminate that back and forth as well in the fulfillment process. So those four phases are 100%, I believe, the non-negotiables. And then I've got some other fun stuff too that I like to include, like welcome gifts and, um, you know, community um, highlights and, and things like that, that really can kind of up-level the process. But those four phases are absolutely at a bare minimum, what we recommend agencies have in their onboarding process. 
so the welcome gifts, this is kind of like the, the flair, if you will, like the, yes. the extra stuff that if you don't have those four, those four initial components, maybe don't work on the welcome gift type stuff. Exactly. Cause so many folks, I feel like when they onboard folks, they're like, Oh, I have a killer onboarding process. I send a gift right away. I just send them popcorn in the mail or something. And I'm like, wait a second, but did you get all their logins? <laughs> so like, it's very, um, I know it's down to business right away, but after we get that down and you start getting results way faster for these people, I don't think they're going to mind if they didn't get the popcorn, if their funnels done two weeks earlier. Right. <laughs> So onboarding obviously um, is, I think, universal. Every agency probably has some level of onboarding that's happening, depending on how many clients they're bringing on. I mean, how do you control though for for variance when you know each client is maybe a little bit different, and maybe you're doing a different scope of work or a different type of engagement? Uh, you know, do you have to have an onboarding process for each different type of client you have, or is it something that? Uh, you plan for a little bit of, of leeway. Yeah. Usually what I recommend is the standard, um, the standard onboarding process. So typically for the most part, um, you know, most agencies are sending a service agreement, a scope of work, and they need an amount of data from their client before they can get started. And so those are just the elements that I would recommend at first um, to kind of go forward with. And I understand that there are some nuances in terms of the scope of the project, but that's why we put the onboarding call in there as well. Because I think that can get us to where we can get a little bit more custom with our clients, right? Where we can say, hey, listen, in addition to the data gathering form that we sent you guys, I also need to know these couple of things. Or you can expect these other couple of things when working with us based on our agreement originally. So I think that just having that baseline in place, at least when you make a sale or when you, um, you know, basically enter into a new agreement with a client, you know, that there's a, a minimum viable product, if you will, right in place to be able to gather all the stuff and communicate with them, you know, proactively so that they don't feel like they've been left behind. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners. Are you currently an SEO agency or an agency that offers SEO services to your clients? I have some exciting news for you today. There's a platform called SEO Monitor that is built specifically to help digital agencies provide more effective SEO campaigns for their clients, ultimately helping you guys make more money and be more profitable. SEO Monitor is the only SEO platform that is actively working for you as an agency. Their platform is laser focused on companies that are offering SEO services to their clients, providing deep insights on keywords, campaign level reporting, and also a topic explorer that's going to help you provide better keyword research for your clients. Their platform understands the dynamics of running multiple SEO campaigns and also managing multiple clients under one platform. One of my favorite tools within the SEO Monitor platform is their forecasting tool. This tool literally allows you to forecast the value of SEO services so that you can go back to your clients and help pitch them on higher value services, which is totally in alignment with everything that YouGurus teaches. SEO Monitor offers a world-class support team, so they're there when you need them, and they have top-level service-level agreements to make sure that your agency is always able to deliver to your clients. If you want to find out more about the SEO Monitor and YouGurus partnership, go to seomonitor forward slash DAS for Digital Agency Show. That's seomonitor.com forward slash DAS. On that page, there's more information about how SEO Monitor is going to help you level up your SEO game, deliver better results to your clients, and become more profitable. 
There's links out to their free Topics Explorer tool, which is pretty awesome, free for anybody to use, and I highly recommend it. They also have information about their Spark program, which is a $5,000 grant for SEO agencies or companies that are focused on SEO that have been in business for less than three years. So check that out at seomonitor.com forward slash DAS. All right, let's get back to our program. What other processes, uh, you know, we don't need to go into detail, right? You don't need to give us exactly the recipe to use within every single process in the business. But, uh, you know, what are the other, the other areas which, where you find SOPs are, you know, useful for, for your typical agency client? Yeah. So I think onboarding first and foremost, and then second would be anything that you're delegating. So if you have someone that doesn't technically work with your team, maybe it's contracted. So design, any sort of copy, anything that you're referring outside of your agency needs to be delegated or sorry, even needs to be documented so that we can make sure that we are, you know, just controlling the quality of work that happens there and turnaround times are managed. Um, Cause that's where I find scope creep happening, right? Is if things change hands too many times and we get some stuff, you know, back kind of late and then the client changes their mind. So those types of things. So onboarding, um, any sort of delegation, and then the, the third thing is just hiring. So finding a new person to come into the team. I think that that's a huge gap that a lot of folks don't prepare well enough for before they bring a new person on. And what we want to do is just make sure that we're defining what's going to make that person successful as well as kind of their core process for how they can do their job really effectively. So those couple of things are probably the biggest two, I would say. So anything leaving your business, anything coming into your business from a team perspective as well. How long does somebody have to work on their core processes before they make that transition from entrepreneur to business owner? I mean, what percentage of their business is kind of documented and and, and put on paper? And, uh, you know, I almost feel like some of these processes are always going to be evolving and changing a little bit. And there's kind of that almost... Uh, a little bit of perfectionism, like people maybe don't have enough time to put in that they want to, or maybe they're just, they feel like it's never good enough. You know, what, what percentage of the business needs to be documented before we really feel like we're a business owner and not just an entrepreneur or a, a, a freelancer? I would say at least half. And that's quite frankly, something that I feel like it, it also depends on um, how many products or services you have. It's my opinion that if you want to feel like a business owner, you need to have all of your products and services and how you fulfill on them down. Right. So that if, for example, right, you wanted to step away and hire a couple of people, but you don't have a process for that, or you want to throw a live event, but you don't have a process for that, you can kind of spend your time doing those special projects, right. That are kind of outside of your core operating procedures. Um, so I would, I would say at least half of your business. So the half that makes you the money, right. So how you're fulfilling, I'm serious. (laughs) Um, the half that, you know, you can actually, you know, fulfill with your clients, you can actually still get them results and things don't have to pause, you know, on that side of the business. And you can kind of, if you want to do some other projects or, you know, make some money elsewhere, but we want to just make sure that the business is staying afloat, right. Without you. Yeah. I like that. Sorry for our listeners that aren't watching our video. Um, when she said the half that makes you money, I just, I apparently got a big smile and (laughs) Allison called me out on it. Right. Um, well, it's interesting too. Cause like, you know, I hear you say the half that makes you money, and, and I think it's it's easy when creating documentation 
to get bogged down in the the minutia and maybe in the things that aren't making you money or aren't going to, you know, free up your time to make you money, you know, like going in and like documenting, like with a fine tooth comb, like certain things that might never be reused. Like I've gone into some people's like teamwork accounts, for example, and you just see these, like, you don't see a lot of documentation, but the little you do see it's it's almost like overbaked versus kind of mm. documenting those key things that make them money. So I like that you identify, like, you know, start with the half that makes you money, your products and services, and then kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common pitfalls when it comes to building out SOPs and, uh, and, and building out these processes for, for businesses? Like, what are some of the things that maybe you get called in to rescue companies when they've slid off the rails? Yeah. So I I love that question because I think, um, so many folks think that if you write a process, right. And that specific process is amazing. It's going to get amazing results. Well, the interesting thing is that you write a great process and the second piece of that, or the second half of that, honestly, is how you situate it within your business, right? So can your team find it? Is there kind of a, you know, an intro and an outro to this process, right? Like what does someone need to do when they're finished? What should they do before they start the process? So I think that first and foremost, it needs to be written. And second of all, it needs to be situated. And oftentimes where I can come in with my expertise is how to situate your processes, right? So taking that process that might just be a list of bulleted points, right, into something that's actually going to change hands effectively and actually get better results, you know, with a checklist or with an offboarding, um, you know, process to kind of hand it off to the next person. So really what we do is, is we take a look at everything holistically and say, okay, this process makes sense to document because it fits into here. Um, so kind of like defining the blueprint first and then adding the processes in, right? Building those walls and saying, okay, this lives within this department, this lives within this department. And that's kind of my expertise is I can kind of see things as they are kind of over, take an overview and, and have a look at, at where those, where those things might be situated. So uh, to your point, right. When, when you look in someone's teamwork account, you're not just looking at a super long process that nobody might have access to, or that nobody knows how to run, or they don't even know what tabs to have open when they start to run it. We would, we would just make those a little bit better. I like that, that it's, it's, it's situated. You have a word for that, right? Where is the process situated? That was not whatever I talk about processes or even create them myself. Like that's not even something that I really think of in, in, in the context of a process of how is this situated within the team? I've definitely created many processes and put a lot of time into them and then they don't end up actually getting used. So I've, mm-hmm. I feel what you're talking about at a very personal level. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to have struck it short. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just I'm thinking about my, my day right now, Allison. You totally blew me up here. I'm not situating my processes well enough. I want to talk about tools for a second. Okay. I have a, 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 a I've been in the digital game for a long time. I, you know, I my my business partner and I started our agency back in uh, 1999. So we've been through like every tool imaginable over the years. Like we've used many of them. And, um, and, and I have some, some feelings about where I feel like tools fit in our business, but I feel like a lot of people, and I see this, I hear this a lot with agencies where it's like they have a pain or problem around project management or around, you know, even their other types of processes around like how they're, they're marketing or selling their, in, in their business. 
and it's like we we see a tool out there maybe it's asana or teamwork or, or base camp or, or whatever right and uh you know we think oh gosh this one's gonna solve my process problems this tool is gonna be the one and we get all excited and we we pull out our credit cards and we spend the 99 dollars a month or whatever and then we log in and we create like some maybe we, we get as far as creating some templates or this or that right but then like it's like reality sets in and like a month later like nobody's using it or i can't get the clients to use it or like you know ultimately the tool doesn't end up living up to maybe the crazy fantasy i had in my head right that this was going to be the silver bullet this was going to be the answer to all my problems hmm. so you know and i'm sure you come across you know the, a lot of different tools in the work that you do you know what's your philosophy on uh, what tool is right for my agency? What tool do I use to manage these processes? Uh, you know, are there any tricks of the trade or secrets to make this this problem better? Because I, I know I I know others have experienced this where they've literally they transition all their clients over to this new tool and it like they kind of still have the same outcome that they had before. Hmm. So first I'll go with my philosophy, then I'll dig into tools. So it's my philosophy with regards to tools um, that two things. First is a a process or a project is only going to be as effective as it is clear. (laughs) So if you're clear with what you're wanting, if you're clear, it doesn't matter um, if it's in a Google Doc and it doesn't matter if it's in Asana, right? So as long as everyone's clear on what pieces they have as well as what to do next, it really is tool agnostic. And then my second philosophy is that people are led by example. So it's my opinion that uh, folks who feel like tools are going to be their savior for productivity likely haven't looked at themselves and their own habits before oh. they've entered into that tool. No, um, don't. You're, I know you're like, <laughs> everybody that's listening is like, no, don't say this. Don't tell me it's my fault. Uh, well, unfortunately, it, it's slightly our fault. And I think that the the idea is there, right? The intention is there to get more organized, to get more systematized. But what happens is, is if, you know, they onboard their team and their clients into this new tool, but they themselves are not using it and being consistent, then we invite our clients and our team to do the same, right? So what I always recommend in terms of tools based on those two philosophies is pick something that is clear, right? Like easy to use, super clear so that your team can come in and say, okay, yes, I know exactly what I need to do and what's next. Then the second thing is pick something that can complement your life and don't just jump in because it looks cool, right? Or it looks like it's going to solve all of your problems. I am a huge fan of Trello, A, because it's free and B, because I can kind of move things around and figure out what my needs are first and what I even want out of this thing before I kind of jump into a paid situation with with any sort of software or a new tool or what have you. So just making sure that it complements your workflow, that it's really clear. I think that you'll have a great experience with any tool. You, you know what you just did? You're like the process expert and you just had, there's like there's like 50 agency owners right now going and pulling up Trello and looking at it to see if it's going to be better than what they're currently paying for. They're like, what? I'm paying a hundred bucks a month for Asana or teamwork. You know, like, can I get this for free on Trello? Like, are you kidding me? Um, so, so the, so I, I like what you're saying about this, right? I mean, I think the takeaway there is, is if, if you're not willing to, to use it and lead by example and show people how it's used and kind of put everything over there and be consistent about that, you know, it's really hard to have an expectation that other people are going to, 
use that tool and you're going to get the outcome that you kind of expect there. Yeah, totally. Let's say I'm a, an agency right now and I have, uh, I've done a pretty good job. I'm one of the, the few out there that have done a good job on my SOPs and I have some good processes. Like I know I've got a handful of clients that are, are like process ninjas. What are things that I can do to, to optimize or improve on what I've already built? You know, how do I, how do I know when I go back to a process to, to add, you know, to completely overhaul it versus make slight adjustments to it? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think uh, obviously optimizing things could include automation. So that's usually my, my next step, right? If you have a process that's working extremely well, um, what pieces can we begin to, let's just say, automate so that if you have a team that's running them or if you're running them, right, all of a sudden we get a little bit more free time. And that either means that we can work with more people or we can, um, you know, assign team members different sorts of tasks, um, which, you know, overall improves the workflow. So I'd say automation, if you know, that something is ironclad and you're going to run it for a while um, doing that. And then I am such a huge fan, probably as you would imagine, of um, quarterly and yearly planning. Um, so it's also my opinion that part of your quarterly and yearly planning initiatives should be to revisit um, outdated processes. So if that's something where it, it lives in your fulfillment and you're like, oh, hey, we used to write copy for sales pages, but now we actually outsource that. Or we used to do in-house graphic design, but now we actually outsource that or vice versa. Going in, updating those processes or pinging that person that you might have brought in-house and saying, hey, listen, now that you're in-house, could you just do me a favor and write the process for how you get this done and make it one of your quarterly objectives to really have that shipped by the end of the month one or something like that. Um, so just making it kind of a point to come in and revisit outdated processes as well. Yeah, I like that. Just kind of uh, using your, your if you are doing quarterly strategic planning or 90-day planning, uh, or some level of planning, maybe, you know, two months planning or whatever, of using those as reminders just to kind of do a quick audit and, and analyze whether you're still using certain processes or if they need to be updated. And then I love, mm -hmm. obviously, the automation, right? Anything that you can do to automate your business uh, is going to make you feel probably more like you have a business versus you have more <laughs> of a machine. There's an asset. There's something there that, yeah. that works without you having to, to, to have to be in there doing all the stuff all the time. Allison, this has been super educational. I think we've surfed through a handful of topics. Uh, you made me feel bad about tools. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, we, talk <laughs> we talked about, uh, you know, some of the key things that we can start with, like onboarding and, you know, kind of how to think about where to, to focus on our business, i.e. the parts that make you money and that the parts that might be unique, right? That unique intellectual mm -hmm. property. So this has been highly informative. Are you ready for our lightning round? Totally ready. All right. Allison, what is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, finish something when you start it. For us quick starts out <laughs> don't there. Need you just, yeah. do, <laughs> do I need to elaborate on that? Because I feel like... I'm going to have to put a warning on this episode, right? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> out there, they feel you know, that's, a, that's a tough... That's a tough conversation to broach with them. Like, we have to finish all these great ideas that we come up with? Uh, um, that advice was actually from my father-in-law. We redid our home this year, and we started with everything all at one time. So we slept in a bunch of half-empty rooms last year. So that was why that advice really sticks right here for me and right in the heart. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there with half-finished rooms in their house or in their business. Mm. Uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, drink lots of water. 
I, I love so much, right? You feel more energized and you eat better. I love drinking water. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use on a regular basis, something like Evernote or whatever that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, totally. Use Trello. Use it all the time. Trello. All right. We're getting two, I love Trello. two votes of confidence two for, Trello for Trello today. Um, yeah. And can you share a, uh, a book recommendation and why you recommended that book? Yeah, The Motivational Myth. I love that book, read it um, at the end of last year. It's all about how uh, we can use our small wins to generate motivation for ourselves instead of kind of sitting around and waiting for motivation to strike us. So that's the myth that he talks about is like, you know, motivation striking us and and that sort of thing. So he has a lot of really practical examples about how we can use day-to-day wins to really motivate us toward bigger things. I love that book. Very cool. Yeah. We'll definitely check out uh, our show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We will link out to Trello. Uh, we'll also link out <laughs> to Allison's book recommendation, as well as have lots of key takeaways and quotes from this episode. So check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Allison, how can our listeners find out more about you? And is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, yeah. So if you guys want my four-phase onboarding blueprint that we talked about earlier in this episode, as well as a training from me about how to optimize it, you guys can head to operationsagency.com slash guru and just let me know what you guys think of it. Um, Hit me up on Facebook. I'm super accessible. So if you guys have any questions as well, um, I am so happy always to dialogue about process. So I think you'll maybe meet two or three of those people in your life ever. So I'm super happy to discuss onboarding with you guys too. Very cool. Well, Allison, thank you for that. I appreciate that free gift for our audience. I definitely want to encourage our listeners to take you up on that. I think every agency out there could do a little bit to bolster their onboarding process or geez, just create it in the first place would be a, a good start, right? Uh, so definitely, um, again, as I mentioned, we'll uh, we'll also link out to that gift, that specific URL. So if you're on on the road or on a run, um, you can check out our notes, uh, our show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And we'll link out to all the stuff that Allison talked about as well as uh, a link to that onboarding gift for everyone. So thank you for that, Allison. And also thanks for stopping by the show today. Yeah, of course, Brent. Thanks for having me. I had an awesome time. Very nice. Uh, Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. As I mentioned before, yougurus.com forward slash podcast to get our awesome show notes. Just go to that page. You'll see Allison's episode right there at the top. Click on it and you're going to get all sorts of goodies right there on our website. So check that out when you get your earliest chance. And, uh, And yeah, that's our program for this week. So stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming at you to help your agency achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision 
to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.